Austin joked. He's like, we're going to be the most boring homestead channel. <laughs> Last week, we're like, start slowly. Don't get animals right away. Yeah. Just get a few chickens. And this week, we're like, say no to animals. Just say no to animals. We're not the only ones <laughs> saying no, okay? Homesteady shirt. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Good morning. Good afternoon. Was that less energy? Every week. <laughs> oh, man. It was so funny this morning. I was thinking, like, what are we going to talk about? Not much has happened this last week. And then we started going through it. And There's always something. I think we have, like, two shows worth here. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> two hours later. Hey, everybody in the chat box. What do we got right now? We got 43. Don't forget to smash that like and uh, share the link. Let people know this is your favorite live farm show. Even if it's not, just tell them that. <laughs> we don't encourage that kind of deception around here. Uh, well, tell them the truth. Tell them it's a farm show that you like to watch live. Every Monday, so we've been getting some questions. When are we actually doing our live yes, stream? Some, uh, I know it's easier if you know it. For me, ahead of time when something is going to be on so you can plan for it and... And Austin's different, so <laughs> I will encourage Austin to post the times of when we're going to do the show in advance, maybe a few days before somewhere, send out an email, put it on the website somewhere. We will try to do that. Well, actually, we do that. Um, so if you're not on the home study email list, I forgot to put a link in the description of this video, but you can just go to thisishomesteady.com. And there's a big button. I have such a poofy hairdo this morning. It's nice. If you uh, go to the website, click on join. There's a big button there. Click join. You'll get on our email list. And every Monday around noon, we're trying to do the show about 1230. But we have a farm and lots of children. So 12, 1230, Right. And it's usually on Mondays. That could change. Yeah. You know, crazy stuff happens. Yeah, so join the email list. We'll let you know before it happens. And I will encourage Austin to let people know sooner than, than a half before. hour before because <laughs> some people like that. Well, now you know. Just count on Monday around lunchtime and we'll and see. Some people like more advanced warning. We'll try. We'll I'm, try. I'm trying, Paul. I'm trying. We're a good team. See what I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to know, what did we say no to? Well, so, I guess we said so it in the intro, though, so yes. they already know. Yes. We, we blew You. I, I was like, okay. Uh, but first, on the farm. I mean, we got a lot of things going on on the farm. And every week, it's almost like every week right now, we have between the camels and the cows a really exciting update. <laughs> so cows? Okay. I'll do cows, because camels isn't super exciting. Oh, well, In cows. my opinion? One or the other. Cows. 
I, for the first time, I, I was watching Grasshopper as she was eating, and she kept whipping her head around to lick at her side. She'll do that with flies, but there aren't any flies out there yet. And I've seen Luna and both Ladybug do the same thing when little baby calf starts kicking. So I sat there a little bit, and she's still kind of a wild thing. I haven't pulled her aside to work with her too much. Uh, once she's getting closer to calfing, we'll work with her more. But I was just sitting there watching her, and I could start to see little baby movements on the side. Rugrats on the right, lunch on the left. So you look <laughs> to the right of the cow. I could see little baby calf moving in there. Yeah, so that it's already was, annoying her. That was really exciting to be able to hear. Like, all right, we we we've been getting the confirmation with our tests and everything, but to actually see something. Yeah, moving, see some movements. Exciting. That's a big deal. So, speaking of seeing little things moving, little things <laughs> moving a life, we are. This morning we did something really exciting and we're going to share that video with you. I don't know what you're talking about. The guineas. Oh, yeah. See here, I thought you were talking about the camels. Oh, I know. I, you like a plan. I like to No, deviate, no. So. You know why? You were talking about the little things moving when I thought of. No. Because we, we ran fecals on the camels. Oh, that's a very different little thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and you talked about it being a cute little... We saw some really cute little worms in the camel poop. We got the camel fecal test results back. Millie's good. Don't have to do anything with Millie. Solomon has what's called whipworms, which are uh, pretty dangerous in camels. In, in this country, it's an issue people have dealing with camels. So I proactively started treating him because I noticed he was a little, I call him droopy. He was just a little droopy. He, he was off. He can be mopey. Yeah. Solomon's like... He's a uh, boy. He's a bit of a mope sometimes. But there's a difference between mopey and droopy. Yeah. Weren't those two of the dwarfs from <laughs> Snow White? <laughs> I don't mopey think either droopy. one of those were. <laughs> those were the other seven. <laughs> it's been a while. Snow White wasn't my favorite. If you go back and watch Snow White, it's a little bit creepy it's too. Creepy. That huntsman. It's so different than... Disney nowadays, yeah. where everything's bright and about loving people, and Snow White the Huntsman, he was like, I had to go cut her heart out. Yeah, it starts it in a box. with like a uh, very assassination plot, and a pig's heart <laughs> being used to double up as a... Right. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Yeah. So Camel, Solomon <laughs> came back positive for whipworms. I had started treating him with the treatment, because I suspected whipworms. He had the same thing last year. And it turns out we got the fecal results back and he does have whipworms. A low count, but they don't shed or have eggs very often. So if you do see them in the fecal, it means they're in there. One of the really challenging things about having ruminants, especially the smaller ruminants, and although camels are definitely not small, they kind of, I think, fit into this um, camelid, well, yeah, camelid, camelid world. Also uh, goats, sheep. Because they Llamas, are... Llamas, alpacas, I would imagine. Yeah, because they're a prey animal, they, by nature, they cannot show weakness. Otherwise, they'll be targeted by predators. So an animal like a goat or a camel or a sheep, as it's being affected negatively by the worms, it's not going to show that super obvious. Because if an animal shows that it's sick, it, it's now a target. So with your goats, with your sheep, with your camels, you have to be hyper, hyper vigilant. If you're going just by how they look, you have to be really vigilant. And, and the better thing to do is regular testing, regular yes. fecals. Yeah, we never recommend um, worming 
but I'll admit it was kind of a panic move on my part. I said, oh no, there's something you wrong with You mean uh, we never recommend pre... Preemptively kind of yeah. worming, unless you get the fecal results back. It worked out for us this time, but we are, we have, uh, uh, I believe he's a vet student, uh, working with a camel vet in this country that we can send the fecals to. If anybody out there has camels and you want to know where to send them to, send us an email, we'll give you his info. He's Is he also, only camels? For worming? I don't know, but I know he is an animal trainer. He's got a really cool Facebook page. He is, I believe, I have to find it out for you specifically. I'll need your phone. But, uh, like, he's training yaks, I think water buffalo he's training, camels, and also he'll pull the fecals on them. So, we were able to get him to do that. Overnight the fecals to him, got the results back, and we were treating it the right way, and now we know who to send it to. It was kind of funny not having a, a vet who specialized in camels, and now we do in this country, so we'll be able to figure it out easier. Yeah, it's part of the uh, part of the learning curve of new animals, figuring out your systems and where to send stuff, and where to, you know, who to get, so. But Solly's doing better. He's, He's looking doing, better. He perked up really fast. Yeah, they He's, are hardier animals. Re, yeah, resilient. Yeah, so... Uh, Yep, he's doing better, and all those cute little worms are not doing better. <laughs> yep, we do, 10 days after his treatment ends, we'll send a fecal again to make sure it, it really knocked it out. And if it didn't, we'll do the same treatment twice. And uh, our, our buddy who's doing the fecal said he's never seen them not survive. He's never seen whipworms survive these two, two uh, treatments. All right, his name's Nick Morrow. And look at look up him his Facebook business page at Hooves, Humps, and Horns. He's got some really cool pictures there. That sounds like a really good podcast. Of the name. train, I know I thought so too. Yeah. I was like he could he could do Nick, some YouTube videos. Start that podcast. Hooves, though. Humps, and Horns. And then about our subject we were talking about today, what animals have you said no to? We're getting some really interesting answers here. Are people guessing? Um, oh, they're telling us telling what us they've, what they've said, said no to. to. Said no to a pet fox. Amanda, I think you were right because I've I've done research into foxes. <laughs> they don't seem to be easy pets. There no. are domestic ones, but they're still kind of wild. This is why I uh, this video is called "She Said No." My wife because it's a shock. I hope that I hope that my mother-in-law is watching this now or later. Um, and my dad. And yeah. Because ever since she was little, every animal, right? I love them. All the I, animals. And he was asking this the other day, what is it that makes me want animals and different ones and more? I just love them. I love learning about them uh, and the an anticipatory, like, acquiring of them. <laughs> I like learning about them and how to take care of them and setting up for them. And I love seeing the babies. I just love animals. And I always have. Yeah. My mom's the same way. Yeah. And then you add to that having become a mom. So you have those maternal feelings. And when my dad said, hey, I can get some calves for you. I was like. I was like. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> same word. We are right now. We we are very, very much maxed out. You're gonna say, aren't you? At full capacity. Full capacity. That's full what capacity. he says all the time. That's full capacity. Word. We're like a cup overflowing with animals. With love. 
we uh, we had we, we've said this on the channel in the back in the fall we had a bull here doing some breeding and bull and the cows got a little crazy and some got of the fencing crazy. no and and i was just joking like they're so, breeding. like they got, they got no not even breeding just scratching themselves <laughs> on the fencing the bull was crazy. massive the fencing already had small holes and he would just ooh, scratch his side up against it and in and doing so just rip a hole huge hole it's beyond repair at this point. So our paddocks are, well, our paddocks don't are exist anymore. Paddock. We have like one giant yeah. paddock with dividers down the middle with holes all through it, um, and then animals just able to slip out. We've yeah, had a, the fencing situation's awful here right now. Yeah. So fortunately, that project we've been talking about for a long time. We are weeks away from our big, big fencing project. You'll see a lot from that as we get going there, um, but. I just, right now, we have no extra place to put anything. And calves, by nature, too young. How old were these they calves? Were a week old from a, from a dairy. So first, for me, when he said, I can get you calves, I said to myself, I said, yes, <laughs> we will do that. <laughs> but I'm an older and wiser person now than I once was. And I did ask questions. How old are they? What breed are they, male or female? Have they got colostrum? These are all important things in, in the calf world, especially if they have had colostrum or not. That'll mean they're, if they haven't, it's very hard to keep them alive. See? I, it's very impressive. I asked you questions. Know, so, yes, you're a different person. And we got the answer. They're, they're Holstein Jersey cross. Holst, so they're hojos, males, little bull calves, week old. And yes, they've had colostrum. Okay, to be honest, if they were heifer calves, I would have said yes. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> well. I didn't know that, to be fair. So we should say, like a week ago, you were sharing tips on when your husband wants to start a daily YouTube video. <laughs> what to do? you don't want him to. <laughs> you just say, babe, I'll support you. I don't think it's right, but I'll support you. So what did I do when I heard about two calves? Here's, here's how you're helpful to me in this situation. Because I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't know what they were. I hadn't made a decision yet. Mm. And then you went through the all the reasons we shouldn't. And then this is the nice thing about you is that you talk. If I don't talk, you'll just talk. You'll say everything. <laughs> so I don't, because I hadn't made my mind up, I needed some input. Yeah. And you just talked about all the reasons why we shouldn't. <laughs> and then you talked about, you like talked yourself into it then. You were like, but all these reasons we should. Blah, 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 blah. I, I love So you really just threw all this information at me and gave me a lot to think about. I love a good pro con list. I don't know if it's the nature of doing like videos like, should you get pigs? Well, let's do a pro con <laughs> list here at the Homesteady channel. Oh, my wife wants to get cows. Well, babe. He, he uh, yeah, video, podcasts to me. In today's podcast, babe, <laughs> we're going to go over the pros and cons. Accountant Mike's going to join us. I mean, it, it couldn't have been bad Would because have been great, actually. I have Luna. She's in milk. I don't know how she would accept two calves. I have a feeling she would be okay with them. She's pretty maternal. Yeah. I don't know if she would have enough milk for two calves. I would get two because two, eh, two's better than one. They have each other for company, warmth, whatever you need. Right. There were a lot of 
calf, uh, milk replacer's not cheap. We're doing this big fencing project. I would have to put two calves somewhere. They'll get out of all our fences. Cow video. So, <laughs> cow video. Hmm. <laughs> That's, it was, uh, and then they're both little bull calves, so it's not like a cow I could get attached to. It's one we would raise to about eh, 15 months old and then butcher for yeah. beef. I'm not saying we'll never do it. And that's a couple people said, my, my wife said no to pigs, and now she wants to get pigs. Yeah. We're not, I'm not saying no to calves forever, but for the next six months at least. How's that? Ooh, I, I honestly, I wouldn't even say six months is the requirement. For me, it really is, it's all about the infrastructure. I was thinking about um, when it comes to homesteading, it's, it's like you're walking on a type rope. A tight rope. You're doing a tight rope walk. Why am I having a hard time saying that? So imagine you're walking down a tight rope and you can walk down the tight rope with just your hands extended, right? Uh, or you can grab one of those giant poles and they kind of balance you. Mm -hmm. And while you're walking across the gorge on the tight rope, you also can stack objects on you depending on how entertaining you want your performance to be. So chairs and people on the chairs and animals on the people on the chairs. So when you're homesteading, the people on the chairs on your head are the animals and the pole is your infrastructure. Oh. So you don't want to be unbalanced in how many chairs and humans are on top of your head versus how much infrastructure, how big of a balance beam, balance pole you're carrying. Huh? Yeah, no, it's true. And right now, our balance pole got broken and busted, and we got this dinky little thing. And we're like, but we Whoa. still have everything on us that we had we got, while it was still good. Yeah, camels and pigs and dogs and all those things. So, so as soon as the fencing project's done, I shouldn't I, say that no, live on YouTube. You That'll know, <laughs> I, I do have something in mind that in the future I would like to get. Oh. And I'll put the you know, what we would have spent on milk replacer towards that. Uh, Karen's in the comments. If anyone has cow questions, go to Karen. Karen knows calves are not easy. Mm, yeah. Um, our, we've always kept our cows on calves on the cows, and that's really simplified the process of raising a calf. We've never personally raised a calf. Uh, and right now, with so many un just what, how, what, what do you say? With so many loose ends. Mm -hmm. As cute as they would be. See, I'm maturing. You are maturing. I'm very proud. It's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> now get me at a certain time, and I would have said, yeah, give me six calves. Calves I, for everyone. I was shocked when I, I said to her. Because he didn't know what I, what I had to say. No, I, I said, you know, we can. I, I said my piece. We talked about the pros and cons, and that was that. And I just said, you know, if you want to do it, babe. Of course, I'm not going to say no. I'll support that. Kate, I mean, Kate's a farm girl. She she handles the animals great. She does a great job with them. She works hard with them. I mean, she could run this whole farm without me. So I'm not going to say no. <laughs> not, like, not totally without you. Well, you could. I mean, honestly, there's very little other than like, I don't know. I can't think of one thing I do. I mean, you're the same way, though. You can do everything I do. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, there's I have zero reason to say, no, we shouldn't get that if you wanted to. But the fencing issue is, yes, is that's a real the big, one. 
black cloud over us right now. That's that's what we have to do. Yeah, we've so. got enough until the fences are fixed, and then it's n no holds. And I think that's Go where crazy. you you become no longer a beginning homesteader when you're able to say no to livestock because of infrastructure. Austin joked. He's like, we're gonna be the most boring homestead channel. <laughs> Last week we're like. Start slowly. Don't get animals right away. Yeah. Just get a few chickens. And this week we're like, say no to animals. Just say no to animals. We're not the only ones <laughs> saying no, okay? Home steady shirt. Somebody said no to a zebra. Or their mom said no to a zebra. Oh. Well, I, I think I'm with the mom on this one. I think I would say no to a zebra too. <laughs> I think I would actually say no. Do you think? <laughs> Camels are enough. Yeah. Let's for cover us. one continent. Are there camels in Africa? Yeah, Egypt. Speaking of African animals, we have a guinea. Did ah, somebody that? did say no to guineas. I think guineas are a love-hate kind of thing. People do say no happily to guineas, especially if their neighbors don't like them. Guineas are an African animal, and we are going to share with you our guinea candling. We candled some eggs this morning. We didn't know if they'd been fertilized. The guineas are still young. They're not even... Mm, a year old yet. So I didn't know how they started laying eggs, but I didn't know if the eggs would be fertilized. This morning, we took, without knowing anything, is this gonna work? Are we gonna actually have some fertilized eggs here? We did the candling. Oh yeah, there's a nice little air sac. Oh yeah, I see it. And that one's fertile. Right there, see that kind of place where you see the light coming through in the top? Yeah. So we know the guinea is down here. So that one's fertile. Smaller ones, oh, there's a nice air sack. Oh yeah, it's definitely. That one looks empty. You can't see through it at all. I mean, you can see through it completely. There's no like, air sac at the top or anything. One's probably dead. Yeah, or just wasn't fertile. Difference. Sure, it's a good one. Here we go. Yep. Look, I see an air sac. Yeah, you're right. I do see an air sac. You're not wrong. These shells could just be thinner. I think I see a shadow right there. Yeah, that's why I'll, I'll even this one. Because you could see an air sac see, there. Yeah. So, could be these shells are just thinner. I think this is one of the reasons why we uh, have a hard time saying no to animals. I think it's the, uh, like the experience you share, right? Yeah. Watching all the kids. It's this journey. Yeah, gather around to see, you know, the excitement of is there any eggs, is there any fertilized eggs, and, and seeing them light up. And that, and go, oh. think of how simple of a thing that is, right? Oh, yeah. Eggs, chicken eggs, whatever. Every time we incubate them and hatch them, 
it's this fascinating, exciting moment. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, for everybody that you're sitting around like watching. And I'd like to see our older children over the years, they've become the teachers now. Mm. So they'll start telling the younger ones, oh look, this, and whereas the older videos of us gathered around the incubator, um, you know, and candling, we would be explaining everything. We would be saying, okay, see this? And we still do a little bit. But now you hear more and more the older kids teaching the younger ones and like passing on that information. And it's so much fun with every new animal, with every new experience, whether it's little eggs hatching or yeah, a goats. cow being born. Yeah, or, right? goat birth. It's all it's so exciting. Yeah. And I mean, that's why you get <laughs> into it. And here's the life. advantage I feel like of farming or homesteading is these things you're hatching or growing, birthing, whatever's happening. They are farm animals, homestead animals. So, for example, goats. Hmm. You have little goat babies, and goats become goats <laughs> so quickly. But all those boy goats you can use as food as well for your family. My point is it's not like having breeder dogs or breeder cats who you are like, okay, every single one of these animals I will find a, a good home for. <laughs> the benefit of the homestead is you, you can, can eat Some them. of them you can eat. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Unless your daughter doesn't let you. And then you just... Can't you eat know. any goats ever. And I like goat. Goat's delicious. Oh, but. and see, uh, I visited a farm with a little baby goat the other day. Oh, yeah. She's already talking about baby goats. They're so cute. So cute. Oh, man. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So JB asks, why did you invest in fencing that wouldn't hold in cattle? Doesn't it seem crazy? That's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> You're great. So JB, we didn't. We didn't invest in fencing. That it wasn't our in, fault. Yeah. And no. now I hope my in-laws are not watching because we're going to blame them. No, I'm kidding. No, it was originally designed for chickens. Yeah. It's chicken fencing. Yeah. And it held up great for chickens. Yeah, the, it was good the chicken fencing. The next fencing we'll be putting up will be for cattle yeah. and camels. And 
everything yeah. that we have to contain. Yeah, so we're switching over to a high tensile electric, and like I said, we'll, we'll get into a lot of detail with that. But yeah, those, uh, those experiences, the new animals, I mean, it's part of the excitement there. It's just keeping that balance, right? Keeping, making sure everything's in check. And I think a big thing I learned, especially last year, we had such a busy year on the homestead last year. With COVID like erupting and everything being shut down. And then we, at the same time, we did a daily video. And our son's allergies. And our baby's allergies and having to grow the food for him and the food for you. Well, we were so busy. It was our biggest year ever of homesteading. We learned a ton. We grew so much food and so many different different kinds. It was really, really a successful year of homesteading. But I actually found the experiences like that one there of us, you know, watching those guinea eggs, you know, candling the guinea eggs. Uh, we, I felt like we had less of those moments where we could enjoy it with the kids mm -hmm. and more moments of like me with the older kids out <laughs> in the fence being like, okay, grab that fencing, grab that fencing. <laughs> no, grab that stapler. No, you put that in wrong. Come on. Like there's, a, again, a balance where if you do too much. It's it, not as much fun yeah, it's not you, as enjoyable you don't get to like come here kids let's learn instead you're like grab those posts grab that reel do this do that and i said at the end of last year i missed those moments those like come together and enjoy this moment and not only here on the homestead for me a big part of homesteading is hunting it's fishing it's being outdoors uh, foraging away from the homestead. That's still part of what I consider homesteading, even though it's not here on our farm. Yeah, and we want the kids to enjoy it. Yeah. We want them to have good memories of it all. Yeah. Do you? Like you did. Yeah, they're gone. Eh. Yeah, they they work more like, like you growing up, you didn't have the farm. No, it was food. all what I wanted is hobby kind yeah. of animals. And I, I loved it. And for us... You know, I'm coming from my grandfather left the dairy farm. We've shown that interview before. I think all our grandparents left the dairy farm. Because it was too much work. Like my grandfather did. My other grandfather did. They just, yeah, they weren't interested in farming. It was like That's too where they hard. Grew up and, and it wasn't. And it didn't give back So enough. it's so different than how we farm nowadays, first yeah. of all. Oh, yeah. How much more is mechanized. And, and we're not doing it to survive. We're we can go to the grocery store and yeah. buy food. It's cheaper most of the time. And that's what I think we're trying to this year kind of get ourselves back to still doing a lot. I mean, we got a hundred meat chickens going right now. Uh, we do have three calves or two calves on the way right now. Uh, we did see Luna do a bleed off. So right now we're yes, two. pretty two sure Luna's not bred, uh, but we got calves coming. Uh, we have, you hinted at, uh, something new in the future, maybe. So we'll leave that it's, for a surprise. Right, it could be a year from now. Okay, so <laughs> for some real suspense. Time. We do have another new animal coming. Maybe we'll save that for next week's uh, yeah. video. We'll talk about that. Uh, but that way, it allows us to have more time enjoying we, yeah, this life. We with the weren't kids. even able to get away for a vacation last year. Yeah. And when you talk to people about farming or homesteading, that's a big concern for many people. Is well, when do you get away? And there's some people who don't want to leave and they say, well, I don't want to leave. That's why I have all this here because I love it and I want to stay. Yeah. There are other people who still do want to take their kids on a vacation, want to take their spouse somewhere. That really comes down to how you've designed your homestead Yeah. and kind of working in breaks for yourself. Yeah. Even having a dairy cow, you can still get away. Oh, yeah. There are times when your cow's dry. 
we will be taking a vacation this year. Yeah. Hopefully. Last spring, fishing. Fishing is a huge, I mean, it's literally what I tell is my origin story that's of being your, a homesteader. That's your first hobby, right? That it, it little, little boy hobby, Austin was out there fishing. It was the very first thing I ever like caught and then butchered myself. I was a six-year-old with a little scaler and I was scaling a bunch of sunnies. And that's like where I learned like, oh man, you can provide your own food. It doesn't come from the supermarket. And last year, during the best time of fishing all year, spring, I went one day. This year already, already I've been fishing more than that. And we have an awesome, we had an awesome morning with the kids. Pennsylvania has this really cool, uh, they call it youth, mentored youth fishing mm -hmm. day. So before all the grown men who go out there and hammer the trout streams. Our son calls them the professionals. The professional <laughs> fishermen. Before they go out there and take all the trout, you can take your kids out fishing and... Give them a shot. Give them a chance. And we had a really good day. Oh, Maybe. Oh yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, yeah. Fish on. Net, net, net. Keep it, keep it in the water. Oh yeah, swing it around. Swing it over here. All right. What do you? Wow. What do you got there? A beautiful fishing. That's why I didn't reel it in so fast. I knew I had something, but I let it. That is a gorgeous I rainbow. I kept seeing this big fish with like a red stripe like this. It's a cat. That's a beautiful rainbow trout. Can I just My have goodness. Cast one more? Wow. When I saw half of it, I was like, that's half. This is a huge fish. That is a beauty. This is a gorgeous trout. Wow. We have to send a picture to mommy. We're going to get a beautiful and picture of this fish. Die. What's your secret? Tell me. I don't know. I use, an, I use my sister's pole. Is that your secret? <laughs> I was really proud of my daughter. Uh, my oldest daughter, notoriously, unfortunately, she every, gets the little fish. Every time we go, she gets the little fish. Teeny, tiny, little, cute little fish that I'm super proud of. Yeah. Uh, her her younger sister usually will catch the big ones. Uh, my oldest son is known to catch a few big ones too in his time. But my oldest daughter, she always goes and she always catches the little teeny tiny ones. But she's always such a good sport about it. She just laughs and says, oh, you know, I caught the little one. She's always such a good sport about it anyway. And then to see, like, this morning she caught not just the biggest one, but that's like, that's I mean. a beautiful trout. I don't know if I've caught a rainbow trout that big, so. And we ate it that, that evening. Is it that evening? A couple evenings later. Flayed those up and the next evening. Next evening. <laughs> and I, I like to cook the fish the way the kids want it. They wanted it beer battered and fried, so we fried up those trout. <laughs> We're trying to keep things balanced. We're trying to keep things uh, in check uh, so that we can enjoy this homestead life with our family and our kiddos and getting out, having adventures out, having adventures here, and enjoying it all together, you know, not like, grab that reel, grab those fence posts, come on, we gotta go. <laughs> A different kind of reel. Yeah. A fence post reel. Di one, one kind of reel is much more fun to, to grab than the other, so. <laughs> Did we have any questions to get to today? 
Oh, somebody likes walleye. Yeah, we like walleye too. We got 150 people live with us today, so thank you all for joining us, and don't forget to smash that like button. <laughs> um, walleye is one of my favorite eating fish. That's, uh, if I had to rank freshwater, crappy and walleye, mm -hmm. kind of right at the top there. So. so yeah, Susan, we said no to calves. Can you believe it? But not no forever to calves. Right, right. You did want to talk about your, uh, your speaking of how we cooked the fish. We've got, Austin's got a new project he's been doing on the weekends. Yeah, that's been uh, keeping me busy. I'm learning how to, we got a, sh a smoker. <laughs> you almost said a smoker. Smoker. We got a smoker. And uh, we've been smoking beef. We've been smoking pork. We have been experimenting with our own. We have our own pork now that we raised and we butchered and everything. Yeah, and we haven't smoked anything, so our bacon is still not bacon yeah yet. or ham so we were experimenting with we did ribs the other day i was hoping to be able to smoke some fish but the kids they all like fried fish so they they it's their uh, preference yeah they overruled the smoked fish fried fish but this smoker is really cool so what we're going to try to do we're learning how to use it it's a pellet smoker a vertical pellet smoker and what I'm trying to do is get used to just running the smoker. We've done a couple beef briskets, which turned out really good. The ribs from our Cooney Cooney pigs that we butchered this year were incredible. They were so good. Like, yeah. Yeah, they were the best ribs I think I've ever had. Yeah. And I don't generally like ribs, but these were delicious. The Cooney yeah. Cooney meat has been great. The bacon ribs. Yeah, so when, when we were accidentally. butchering those coonies this year, this was my first time ever butchering a full-size pig on my own. And I was going through and making my cuts and watching videos and how to do this and how to do that. And I wound up making a wrong cut and I lost a lot of the bacon cut I wound up leaving on the rib. And I told the kids, oh man, I'm sorry guys, we're going to have less bacon because of that. But the ribs will be better. And at the time, they were all pretty mad at me. They were all bummed that there was going to be less yeah, yeah. bacon. Uh, but yesterday, when we cooked up those Cooney Cooney ribs, I, I called them bacon ribs because they were basically a rib with a big old slab of bacon just rendering that bacon juice into the rib meat. And so you bit that, and it was just like bacon-infused ribs. <laughs> oh, man, it was so good. So... We lost some bacon, but we had bacon ribs. So. And that probably contributed to how tasty the ribs were because they were cooking with all that bacon fat on oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like basting with bacon, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Anything basted <laughs> with bacon. So, uh, do we have any questions There's, today? Here's a question. All right, good. Jenny says, I got five chickens with my partner. They're our first livestock. It's a great livestock to start with. Have you ever used chickens to help process compost piles? Also, when do you know that it's the right time to harvest? Yes, we have used them for our compost piles. Um, they're a great, great tool to use if you want to dig up your garden or go through, you know, overturn your compost. And what do you mean, do you mean when to butcher those chickens? What kind of chickens are they? Because some breeds will mature faster than others. Like, are they a bunch of Cornish crosses? They'll be ready much sooner than another heritage breed like a Sussex or a, a Wyandotte or something like that. You know, I think one of the ways that we often... We're not super into compost, Jenny. Jenny, right? 
Yeah. Yep. So we're not super into compost. I know that's like, can't say that around some homesteaders, but <laughs> uh, it's just, we're so involved with the animals that things like compost, we don't spend a lot of time with. We don't have a good setup for it. I think one of the nice things about having chickens or pigs or, you know, any of these other, you know, animals that you can feed, food scraps, things that you would normally put into compost is that they are almost doing the composting for you. So like a chicken, they can scratch the compost pile, they can work the compost pile and, you know, aerate it for you and that sort of thing. But if you feed the chicken what a lot of people would put in a compost pile, then you get the chicken manure and obviously you got to let that age before you throw it on the garden because it's real hot. But it allows us to not have to run a compost pile because a compost pile can be a very, you know... It's it's one of those things where it's more complicated than you initially think. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents always had a compost pile and it, like they did great with it. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of you are going to say like, oh, what, compost is easy. I love doing compost. <laughs> It's just for us, we're so busy with all the other animals and going fishing now. <laughs> we do keep a pile with all the manure and yeah. the, the shavings that we use, and we will turn that every once in a while. But for us, the, the preference before we throw anything in a compost pile is can a chicken eat it or can a pig eat it? Eat it? A chicken can turn it into eggs. A pig can turn it into bacon. If we can do that first, then we don't have to worry about the compost pile the compost for us is kind of like a very, very back of the bus kind of thing. So. And she has got five different kinds, Wyandotte, Sexlink, Orpington. Um, if they're grown, if, if they're not laying any eggs anymore, if you've got a new batch coming up and you're just ready to downsize your flock in that way, then you can butcher them whenever. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they're older, they'll be tough. So use your Instapot, use your pressure cooker to cook them down make some beautiful broth my favorite kind of chicken broth is from a oh, nice old laying hen it's beautiful the flavor the the color it's great yeah the instapot we've had uh last year we had a lot of really really tough chickens uh, some of our even our cornish crosses we had to go really long with a few of them and they got really really tough but boy in the instapot they just turned they like so much better. So that's a great option, the Instapot. Uh, if you do use it, uh, we have, uh, from time to time, when they're on sale on Amazon, we'll share a link with our email list because they are such a nice homesteading tool. So get on our email list because if they're on sale, usually we'll warn you if we see it. Yeah, I did. I had an old pressure cooker. It was a small one. Um, just the stovetop. Do you remember that one? Yeah. That was, yep. I was always a little afraid of. That was going to explode. But they, <laughs> they have such good safety features. So even if you see, at, at, I don't know what other stores will carry them that have just a stovetop pressure cooker if you don't want to get an Instapot. A pressure cooker is nice to have on the yeah. homestead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We have a lot more happening this week, so we'll have some good updates next week. Don't forget, if you want to become a Homesteady Pioneer, there's a link below. Also, we have a link for the uh, Brincia. You saw it in the video, what we use as our incubator. I figured I'd throw a link for that in, too. I also wanted to talk about, speaking of the Pioneer, we've got some shows coming up. I know you talked about with Eli about yep. doing a show. Yep. He was uh, He's a young farmer near us, and we hope to do an on-farm show with him. Yeah, I would he love does, to do that. He does all sorts of things. Uh, he pasture raises chickens. He's got... 
Highland cattle. That's where we borrowed that bull from. Yep. He's doing pigs, all sorts of things. He's a really and cool guy. What we're doing now with the Pioneer program, we're doing once a month what we call a round table where we have everybody join on a Zoom. So you actually get to be part of the show. You get to, last time we talked about business, the episode before that we were sharing plans for 2021. So And also there's a an author of a book about pasture raising pigs who we'll have on the show. Yeah, we're working on getting them too. So if you want to learn more about those Cooney Coonies or IPPs or what other breeds will be good in the pasture, that's a big deal, I think, for homesteads with pigs because pigs require, especially if you're raising some commercial breeds, a lot of oh, input. Yeah. We, we feed our pigs our scraps from the kitchen um, and it wouldn't our be compost. enough. <laughs> it wouldn't be enough for those pigs. No, and our family, not. there's a lot of scraps. Yeah. So pigs require this input. If you can get them on the pasture, pigs are really nice for a homestead to have yeah. to raise. Yeah. No, that doesn't mean you you're not going to have to supplement their feed. You still have to buy a pig feed or source a pig feed for them. Uh, they can't just eat grass and get big and fat. Uh, it means there's a lot of exciting things coming up for the Pioneer program. Yeah. A lot of exciting interviews and new things that we'll be adding yeah so thank you all for joining us for today's show next week monday around lunchtime eastern lunchtime uh, we should have the show but join the email list and this is homesteady.com we'll email ahead of time we will try the problem is i don't have the link to share ahead of time mm. so i need like so it may be two emails maybe i could schedule the live show like a day ahead of time and then send the email out we will be missing a Monday this week, though, for a doc. Not this week. A Monday this month for an appointment. So. So get on the email. Yeah, list. get on the email list. That's so the you best know. way to do it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.